This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey to a brave new you. Hello and welcome to Mind Your Mornings. As always, we are here to talk about mental health, human nature and the complexities of the mind. On this show, we discuss theories, share experiences and question the obvious. We delve deeper into the why. Join us as we explore another topic, another concept, another experience of the human mind. Hi, I am Anushka, your host for this season. And I am back with another episode of Mind Your Mornings. The last few years has made me conscious of the role of someone taking care of an unwell family member. I guess the pandemic set this in motion. I saw close friends and their parents taking up the role of a caregiver, sometimes for months. And I have personally seen their lives change. Their priorities change. So when Vinita, a senior counsellor on the Anna Chandy team, told me she would like to talk about caregiving, I was all ears. In this episode, we will chat with Vinita soon. She will take she will walk us, she will walk us through the mindset and the long-term impact of caregiving. Hi Vinita, welcome to Mind Your Mornings. Great to have you with us again. Hi Anushka. Thank you for having me here. I'm so glad to be able to share my learnings and experiences. Great. Um, so, Vinita, uh, let's go straight to the topic of caregiving. What prompted you to talk about it? Um, I mean, we all see it around us all the time. And I think this is something we will experience. Everyone will experience at least at some point in their lives. Um, caregiving is usually all about the patient or the person who needs support. Can you just um, elaborate a little on caregiving, please? Yeah, so uh, we look at caregiving when it comes to us in very obvious forms. But caregiving can start very early in life without even anyone consciously realizing it. Uh, Personally, for me, uh, my youngest brother, who was born six years after me, He had Down syndrome and he used to be physically quite unwell in the first two to three years of his life. Being the eldest, I stepped in as the caregiver for my, all my siblings, but more so for him. And this caregiving shows up in so many small ways. It's like, you know, not troubling my parents because now there's another sibling. Uh, not giving space to my own needs because I see them already so burdened with so many things. Yeah, um, It's like sharing my food with my little sister who can't even eat, who, who is so small, just born. It's like, you know, things you would not expect from a two-year-old. Yeah. And this realization and this awareness of my role as a caregiver came very recently as I worked on myself, Mm. also working with a couple of clients in that role, this topic really stood out for me. Uh, I wondered how many more people take on caregiving roles, sometimes intentionally, but without being fully aware of it. I knew and wanted to share this awareness with more people. Uh, The simple fact is all of us have either been caregivers or are currently in the role or might be caregivers in the future or need to be cared for. And we fall 
through the cycle of our life, we are going to fall into one or the other of these four categories, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Everyone experiences, we all experience this. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your personal experience, Vinita, with us. Um, so clearly, this is something you've experienced from a very young age. Um, also, in the conversation with us today, we have Brinda. Brinda is one of Vinita's clients. And she has um, very graciously joined us today and is going to share her journey as a caregiver and the realizations that uh, her therapy brought along the way. Hi, Brinda. Hi, Anushka. Uh, How are you doing? I'm doing good and doing a lot better ever since I started talking with Vinita. Great. And I think it's wonderful to be here with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Um, and I'm sure lots of us will be able to see a little bit of ourselves or people we know in the experiences that you've had. Um, so just to uh, give all of us here a little bit of an insight, can you share a little bit about yourself and how you came to the role of a caregiver? Um, my role as a caregiver was literally thrust upon me. I lived with my parents and uh, due to their fluctuating health issues on and off um, since the year 2017, I had been almost a full-time caregiver. Uh, the pandemic, my mother passed away within three days of the pandemic breaking oh, wow. out. Okay. And uh, thereafter, it was just daddy and me. Uh, prior to that, my mother had asthma. It was totally manageable. Uh, but after my sister's um, sudden passing in 2004, uh, my mother was never the same again. And uh, she used to fall sick very often. And uh, at that point in time, she was being treated by uh, an acquaintance who also happened to be a doctor. Uh, but over the years, she was repeatedly misdiagnosed, needlessly given uh, in, in number of times she was given antibiotics for no rhyme or reason. Uh, and though I was aware of it, my mother just wouldn't listen to me. But in 2017, uh, when this friend of my mom's was not around, my mother took ill again. Mm -hmm. And she remote treated her for about three months again. Okay. Antibiotics, antibiotics, antibiotics. Till uh, finally, um, my mother not responding to anything, finally got her tested and she was diagnosed with H1N1. Okay. H1N1 for an asthmatic is yeah. Oh, very dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, Mum was in the ICU for about two and a half, three weeks, at which point in time I was her sole caregiver. Um, the reason that I was even admitted to the ICU or being allowed into the ICU was because the doctors didn't have much hope for mum recovery. But being there uh, constantly with her, I started learning about my mother's health in a very, very different way. I could make out her how she was breathing would tell me a lot, you know. Uh, over a period of a few days, I realized that my mother too started feeling more comfortable with me around. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't allow any medication to be given to her unnecessarily. It had to be rooted through me. Mm -hmm. So mom recovered, came home. She was doing great. And just as she got a clean bill of health, my father had a fall, cracked his head. And the next few months was, again, in and out of ICUs, unplanned surgeries, five of them. And that's pretty much where we are. That's that's a, that's a lot of, um, I mean, 
just listening to your story you know that's a that's a huge huge emotional strain i mean i know you can't you won't be thinking about it while it's happening but just one after the other i think that can be very very intense and i'm i'm very sorry to hear about your mom um and i hope your father is doing better um and how did you manage work through all There was no choice. In fact, it was a very trying time when Mummy was in the ICU. I was literally working out of the ICU. Uh, but yes, work did take a little bit of a beating ever since then. In fact, a, a huge beating because I couldn't travel as often as I used to. Yeah. Uh, for me, pretty much, uh, it was a routine of uh, you know getting to work every morning, making sure the attendants had come home. Uh, you know ensuring that calling home constantly checking on their food and whatever's happening and through the night when i would be there i had got into this pattern which started with mummy being in the icu of sleeping uh, two hours at a time so i would sleep for two hours then i'd be awake for two hours then i'd sleep for two hours and and that just became a pattern for several years in fact thereafter so um yeah but um it impacted me uh, a lot professionally i could not take up certain roles projects assignments that i would have wanted to and yeah i think the biggest hit it took was on my personal life i didn't have any that often i mean for me height of excitement was probably going to the supermarket yeah and you know i just want to say something about what brinda said the series of you know unpredictability and what's going to happen when when there is serious sickness at home and this is one of the paradoxes of caregiving a life is often so unpredictable yeah. uh, sometimes the person needs urgent attention or there could be days of dullness when you're just anticipating but you know just being in that state of anticipation of something yeah. might happen just now right yeah. now it is really all the time expecting the unexpected and there is an a kind of alertness that becomes a part of you your mind is never at rest even when nothing is happening so that's just as i'm saying it i'm feeling the pressure of it right and also i think vinita uh, it's um, you know um, what what i think is really clear is this you're always expecting something to happen and then i think i guess your body is always in fight mode then right which can yeah. also be very very stressful and you know as brinda mentioned uh, getting uh, you know two hours of sleep is for a long period of time is is not really healthy um for your mind or for your body um and of course with work it was um another added one um burden um vinita so uh, um, can you can you tell us a little bit about um linda uh, in terms of uh, when did you start seeing her um i did want to cover a portion also with regard to what sort of person linda was before all of this happened i know she really enjoyed her work vinita we were um, sorry linda we were a home body No, 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 never. Okay. Uh, no, I used to have a rollicking social life. I was out partying with friends, going for. I I'd love to try out new places to eat, go for movies, plays, theater. 
sports days. I mean, there are a lot of hotel and company sports. I should just enjoy myself being outside. In fact, at least um, it was, I mean, I think pretty much from the time I started working, my mother would tell me, just tell me when you are coming home for dinner. Else I'll just assume you're not there because, I mean, it's easier that way. Yeah. But um, it just all vanished. Like I said, for me, height of excitement was the supermarket, mm-hmm. you know, just doing grocery shopping. Yeah. And for me, it was just home, hospital, work, home. To the extent every time I would open up my uh, taxi app for an Ola or an Uber, three places were imprinted as favorites. Mm-hmm. Work, uh, home, and the hospital. That's it. And I was shocked. I said, you know, is this... I mean, even the app tells me that that's all you're doing, so just forget it. It was tough, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, it reached a stage when my mom passed. I suddenly woke up to realize that life was gone. I mean, I hadn't seen a movie. I, I don't know when I last walked into a movie theater. It's been more than 15 years. Right. You know, uh, I finally, after I think almost 10 years, maybe, I went for a, a concert this year. Oh, wow. Finally. That's, that's that's really good. I mean, that's a long time, 10 years. Uh, oh, that, that's really more. And I, kudos to you. I mean, I I have been in this role for one year as a caregiver. And it, uh, 10 years just seems like so much, um, you know, so much of your mind space has gone into this role of caregiving. Prinda, uh, uh, how did you... Um, when and how did you realize that you wanted to reach out to a therapist? Um, can you just tell us a little bit of that? When did you realize, okay, you know, I need to speak to someone, or did something happen that triggered you uh, to say, if I don't reach for help, you know, I I don't know how I'm going to manage this? Can you just elaborate a on that, please? Well, yes. So um, this uh, whole episode, I think, sort of just uh, uh, it started last November, October, November. Uh, I was involved in an assignment for another Tata company. And typically, these assignments, which I do annually, I enjoy them thoroughly. But somehow, this one just wasn't pushing my buttons. Uh, I was working out of a different office at that point in time because uh, it was still kind of semi out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this was yoga. Yeah, but your yoga will last. And. Um, it just so happened that uh, I would come to work every day, shut my office door, and cry. And I just didn't know why. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to even look at anyone's face. Uh, even in virtual meetings, my camera would be off. Uh, and I, I just didn't know what I was doing. It was not uncommon for me to be to suddenly burst into tears while I was driving home and I'd pull over, compose myself once a cop came up to me and say, types. And then I just said, Enough is enough. But even then I was I didn't know what to do. Mm. You know, every time I would feel like crying, I was like, take a deep breath, don't cry. And it doesn't work. One day I got a, a call from our uh, HR head. Um and I just burst into tears on the phone. And she was like, what's wrong with you? And at that time, she forced me rather to reach out to our company helpline. Okay. We had a counseling helpline. 
I did a couple of sessions with them. But you know, you very quickly get a sense whether you're going anywhere or not with these things. Didn't work. So a few months later, uh, another colleague and I were chatting. And that's when she recommended that I seek counseling and from a more professional setup. And it was through her recommendation that I was put in touch with uh, your organization. So I haven't regretted it for a moment since. I mean, I, I cannot believe who I was and what I had become. When I think back, it's that's not me. But that was me. It's it's tough, and 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 everything just happened very suddenly. Like I said, three days into the lockdown, my mom suddenly passes, hale and hearty woman. Otherwise, you know, oh, well, it completely shook my world. And uh, being confined to the house, trying to understand how to look after my father, and I had never run a house in my life. The morning after, I'm, I'm looking around to see where on earth is the coffee. I, I had no clue of what I was doing. And uh, yeah, that was that was really, really tough. But yeah, came out of it. Still coming out of it. So, yep. I'm glad I did it, like I said. Very glad I took that decision. And, you know, I just want to say something at this point. Uh, what all Brinda has been sharing, and you asked me, how was Brinda when I met her first? It was this uh, very overwhelmed VP and still trying to figure out, I, I don't know how much ever I do, I can't do enough. Yeah. What more can I do? It wasn't about how I take care of myself that I'm in this state. Because how do I create more capacity to do more of what I'm already doing? And you know, uh, and that's a that's where we often find ourselves, right? Uh, so what happens is when she was sharing homes, a home, office, hospital, and uh, just doing everything. What happens is, you know, in the caregiving, caregiving role, sometimes there's no separation between the other person and me. We become so much a part of the person who needs care. It's almost like, you know, if someone loses a limb, you become that extra limb. And you are supporting the person in that process and you lose yourself. Your identity is totally gone. And that's what we have been hearing from Brinda so far. Another thing when she was talking about emotions is, you know, caregivers have very mixed emotions. Um, one is anxiety, that being on that alert all the time, anything can happen, the anticipation that something might go wrong. And, you know, the nervous system is never at rest. Uh, even when you're sleeping, you're, you know, your system is active. Uh, the other one is guilt. Uh, nothing one does is enough, is what, again, Brinda came in that state of mind to me. And it almost becomes Im imperative to keep the unwell person alive and safe. 
uh, there is shame for being very yourself. It's like, you know, we don't recognize it, but there is that part. I'm well, I'm able-bodied. So all the more I don't have a right to take care of myself. Because I am all of this, I must give everything to the person who needs care. And that comes from a very deep sense of shame of being well, you know. Um, and there's another emotion. I think it's the most overwhelming and unconscious one is of grief. The one is the grief of seeing our loved ones going through what they're going through. But more than that, it's the grief of losing ourselves. We don't recognize it, but we have lost ourselves in the process. Somewhere we have been left behind. And losing their own identity. And so often the person becomes only the caregiver, nothing else. They don't remain a friend, a brother, a sister, not even themselves. And that's a very, very painful place to be at. Yes, I think uh, she's, uh, Nita's totally and aptly captured exactly what I've been through. Uh, at some point in time, you you don't, I mean, exactly, I mean, then when she spoke about the guilt of being well, it was huge. There was a side of me through this pandemic and even otherwise that would say that I need to stay healthy so that, not that, um, I can prevent myself from falling sick. I mean, if it happens, it'll happen. But more than, no, no, if I fall sick, who will look after mommy and daddy? If I fall sick, who will, you know, be there for them? And uh, even after mom passed, it was even worse. Like, I can't afford to lose daddy. I can't afford to lose daddy. You know, who's there to look after him? Who's there to look after him? And I just so rightly said, I completely stopped even, you know, Doing basic things, I mean, routine things. I stopped going to the dermatologist. You know, I would not do my medicals. Nothing. It was just that I didn't exist. You know, and even if I uh, opted, because sometimes if I really needed to reach out to a doctor, and I would be like, I'm going to a doctor, but what if daddy needs something? How will I get a doctor to him? And then I've gone off on a tangent. Mm -hmm. And I think through a lot of this whole thing of caregiving and completely uh, losing touch with who I was, uh, the whole thing just hit me when my mom passed. Because suddenly, what am I doing? I mean, uh, I I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what to do. And it was just a horrible time. You know, and I guess I took all of that and then I just put it into my father. So it wasn't that I found any great uh, entity of myself, or, you know. It was gone. There was no Brinda, mm. you know, uh, no hobbies, no interests. I kid you not, I did not even have a Netflix subscription. That is, I think, well, I'm I did not have a smart TV. I didn't have a fire stick. Nothing. I got all of this during the pandemic, after my mother passed, because I suddenly realized, what am I, what am I going to do? I upgraded my internet connection only because of virtual uh, mm -hmm. meetings and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Till then, it was enough to, to power my phone. 
and send out a few emails. That's mm. it. I mean, that's where I was. You know, it's, it was tough. I mean, now I'm saying it was tough because I mean, I look back and like, yeah. did I really go through that? Because it's a, it's a person I'm not able to identify with much today. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Um, and I think that's a very important part, right? The sense of uh, identity, uh, your your own identity when you're caregiving for someone else. And I think also, you know, the shame of being, uh, I'm okay, so I don't mm-hmm. need to, anyone to take care of me, you know. Um, I think the shame and guilt is, is also something that I have uh, personally experienced in my own role as, um, as a caregiver. Um, Vinita, can you give us some insight into this? Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's uh, being a caregiver. Uh, shame is the, in normal life, shame is the most deadly emotion because we don't realize it. We keep trying to fill whatever, you know, keep giving ourselves a way to take care of everything else. Yeah. And we start on a vicious cycle. And as Brinda was saying, she was not herself at all. Because I can't, if I'm well, then I can't live for myself even for a single moment. And I remember every time I asked anything about how are you doing, her stories would go into my dad, my work, my this, my that. And she would never, she was not able to hear the question, how are you? And whatever she shared, it was like I I would ask her very often. So where is Brinda in this? And yeah. I remember even today I can I remember her face when I asked this question for the first time. Where is Brinda in this? She went black, right? And uh, so that's the level of disconnection from self. I think shame is also shame, guilt, uh, regret, uh, you know, all those emotions. But there is what happens is, you know, underneath. Because we are feeling all of this and we are feeling not enough. We are trying to do so much and you you can never fit that bill, right? It's just humanly impossible which you are trying to achieve. And what happens is, you know, um, there is another emotion which is anger and uh, I would really Brinda would you like to share about how about yes. that um, there were times when I'd stop and ask and, and, and reflect about what I was doing you know here I was and I would sometimes say I'm breaking my back for my father but he a, doesn't seem to appreciate it. He doesn't acknowledge it. None of that. And I always just to ask myself, why am I the one who has been entrusted with this task of taking care of him? Why me? Not why me in the oh, woe is me kind of sense, but the great amount of irritation and anger. What on earth is going on? When haven't I got enough on my plate that you know I've got to do this one as well? tremendous amount of anger and it would come out in 
in silly ways. I mean, the first place that all this came out was on my skin. Ooh. Yeah, with neurodermatitis and I mean, really, really bad. Very, very severe. I'm still battling it, but at least I'm able to assign a cause to it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was one thing that happened. And But I think more importantly, through this, you know, um, the biggest realization that uh, Vanita brought in me is that I was actually trying to take care of daddy the way mommy would have. Now, she was at home. Now, while she had many interests, which would keep her out a few hours every day in the afternoons, but she was literally hovering around him and fussing, and she was happy doing that. I can't. I couldn't. If he doesn't tell me what he wants, I I can't imagine it. You know, I'm out the whole day, and uh, I also somewhere in all of that felt that, you know, uh, therefore I'm not doing a good job. So then suddenly the anger would come back onto me. Like, what sort of a daughter are you? You know, can't you at least do this? It was just going round and round. And that's when Nita said, you're a daughter. You are a working person. You're doing everything you can in that capacity. You can't be a homebody. I reached a stage and she will uh, bear witness to the that I almost put in my papers at work. Yeah. Because I felt that I wasn't doing enough. Mm -hmm. And I still remember her saying, if that's your decision, you go ahead with it. But think it through. Think it through. Wait a while. You know, and even when I spoke to people here, I mean, of course, my CEO wouldn't even listen to it. He wouldn't hear of it. Mm -hmm. And I think those best pieces of advice I ever got in life. You know, today I'm balancing it, I'm doing it. But yes, that, that period of time is very difficult. Between the guilt, the anger, uh, the realization, every time Vinita would say, where is Brinda, where is... I mean, literally, I'm, I'm, am I going to be looking under the chair? I, I just didn't see her. And um, yeah, that was a very strange phase to go through. Well, pretty incomprehensible. That was very... Uh... Well articulated, Brinda, and I think um, Vinita, um, you know, when you sort of mentioned to Brinda that listen, you're his daughter, you you can't uh, play any other role. I think that's also very important because sometimes as caregivers, I think we forget um, we forget that we may be the daughter, not the wife, as uh, Brinda uh, mentioned. Um, what is the biggest uh, change? or difference that you've seen in your life, Linda, um, ever since you started therapy, um, yeah. can you last in on huge, huge changes. Uh, so this whole guilt trip that I was on, that I always had to be at home for daddy, uh, the fact that I would feel guilty enjoying myself, mm. you know, uh, kind of, I snapped out of it. Yeah, I'm not saying it happened like this. Because yeah. it, it happened over a few months and I finally took a decision to take a holiday. I went across uh, overseas to, to meet with my nephew and other members of my family. I'm not saying it, I was at peace throughout. But I did get a sense that I've crossed a hurdle. Mm. Because nothing happened back home. 
I left him with my help. When I told him, I said, Daddy, you know, I haven't been yeah. for a vacation in years. My last vacation probably was a few days in 2019. So finally, 2023, I go for a vacation. Came back and, you know, I, I actually wanted to pat myself on the back. You know, I, I did it. Yeah. yeah. And I think the other big, big uh, change that I, I've definitely uh, seen is that subsequently in uh, July when daddy's health deteriorated a little further, and that's when I got the attendance to come in. I also realized that if I have attendance at home 24-7, um, well, the imposes its own set of challenges. I have to worry about my father's safety and security. It's not just the caregiving because, again, he's unattended. No amount of cameras will help you on that front. The stress is mine to carry all the time. You know, even earlier before we had attendance, I would have this, I would, every time I'm sleeping, if I hear the slightest noise, I wake up. To the extent that I stopped going to bed early, I would wait because my father sleeps by about nine o'clock. I know that at midnight he'll go to use the restroom. I would wait for that to happen when I heard the restroom door close. Then I would go to sleep because then I know he's okay. I stopped all that. You know, I, even if I heard a sound, I would just I just turn over and close my eyes. You know, and like I said, in July, uh, once his health deteriorated even further and I got all these attendants, I finally realized that, uh, you know, it was also the part of finding the Brinda again. So there was a personal Brinda, there's a professional Brinda. The professional Brinda had also been neglected, decided, no, you know, let me enjoy my work a little more. And I knew I needed to travel for training sessions, etc. And I did so. I did so by moving daddy into an elder care. Wasn't an easy decision. Still went through a lot of guilt pangs about it. But in retrospect, I think it was a good thing because already I see such a change in the way I'm doing things. Uh, I've actually, ever since dad went to elder care, I've gone out for dinner thrice in the last two months. Yes, with friends. It's big. It's, yeah. it's huge for me. It's huge. Um, in fact, tomorrow I'm attending uh, a, a, somebody's uh, doing a session on some craft work, on calligraphy, for which, which I'm attending. I never would have done these things. That's amazing. Um, so yes, it's, it's, uh, it's brought about a huge change. The, the confidence that there are things that are within my control and there is something that I cannot control and to just leave it be. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to come in here a little bit. I think um, one of the things that I really appreciate and I'm happy about is that Brinda has started giving herself permission to live and to be herself, which is huge. Yes. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, you know, she's taking care of her needs and um, she's also giving permission to her own feelings. When you give permission to your needs, you start uh, also getting in touch with your feelings. 
And often what happens is, you know, we consider our feelings as obstacles. Um, for example, when um, Brinda was really struggling with having these two male attendants at home, uh, herself and the maid in the kitchen, her father and two male attendants. And it was very unsustainable because I remember her sharing, or oh, they, they go out, they don't even close the door or these small, small things like that. Um, and when she started considering that when I'm traveling, maybe I have to put my father in uh, elder care, is when her anger really surfaced. Because that was such an uncomfortable, unthought of thought, like even thought, she hadn't considered that thought. Just look at Brinda who is ready to give in her paper to Brinda who says, I have to travel and maybe I have to put my father under elder care, right? And you know, that is that was an anger sometimes at father that I'm in this position because of him and some, sometimes for herself, why can't I manage this whole thing? Why am I thinking like this? That guilt, that shame, that you keep, you know, that cycle. Um, so the anger, the resentment, um, all of that happened. So what happens is so sometimes when they're feeling that way, uh, there's a tendency to go into, I don't care. I can't care less. Uh, he is being the, and I'm not saying Brinda went into that. I'm just saying one can go into he or she is being this uh, uncooperative person. Let me put this person into, it, it comes like that. I don't care. I will resort to this action. And you know, but you can't stay there for long in that emotion of anger because that thing that I don't care is only a reaction to helplessness. It's not that you don't care. Uh, the truth is that you do care. Yeah. And that's what makes it more difficult. Yeah. And uh, then what happens is you, know, you begin to feel more guilty, ashamed, and you can see the loop here, right? And if you're not aware of what is happening, uh, then you can go into that loop and you can begin to feel bitter about yourself. You can begin to feel bitter about your loved ones and towards life itself that, you know, what, what is life doing to me? So it's really important to work with this and become aware of this cycle. You are not being bad when you're feeling that way. Your loved one who needs care is perhaps doing their best to keep you comfortable. It's the situation where you feel helpless. And that awareness is very, very important. Important. It can really help you to take right steps at the right time for self-care and for the care of your loved ones, uh, which in turn can help you step out of this loop. That's very insightful, Benita. And I think, uh, you know, what you said about anger, um, I think is especially true because... Um, I think behind anger, there's always hurt, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's very important you said once you get in the loop, it is difficult to get out. So, hurt helplessness, I would say. Hurt yeah. helplessness. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, it can be a tough cycle. And I think, uh, you know, your 
uh, once you get into it, it's very difficult to get out. So I think, as you said, uh, it's very important to be conscious and uh, about the importance of also self-care, right? And it's okay to, it's okay if you keep yourself as a priority sometimes. Um, I, I think a lot of people who are in the role of caregiving can definitely relate to um, the things that Brinda has said. She's so articulate, so well-spoken, and hopefully they will feel um, less alone in their role as a caregiver. Because, you know, it's caregiving. People don't necessarily sort of talk about the burdens of caregiving, um, unless you are one. So, and again, even talking about caregiving, as we uh, mentioned earlier, it can bring up a lot of guilt for us. So, thank you, Brinda. You were really, really good and um, very articulate, as I mentioned. Um, I, myself, personally, I think I, there are a lot of uh, learnings that I can take from your your sharing. So, really, thank you. Um, Thanks, Anushka. The biggest thanks has to go to Vinita. Yes. I mean, Absolutely. I think uh, to me, when some time back someone said to me that, uh, and this was from one of our office boys, and he says, Madam, I Madam, Madam, And I'm like, so like I said, so all thanks to Vinita. Yes, I absolutely yeah. Okay. Thank you, Brinda. I think it's the it's a it's a collaborative work. Uh both you and I I won't say no, no, I didn't do anything, but both of us have worked through it. Uh you have the tenacity you have shown, the openness you have shown, um, uh, your readiness to really, you know. Look at yourself and move out of it. It's very inspiring. Very. As, you, as a therapist, uh, we we learn from our clients all the time. And I have learned a lot from you. I, I do want to say that. Thank you so much. You Thank have brought a lot of insights for me too. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, um, Anushka, uh, I just want to leave everyone with a little message here. That self-care is not being selfish. We often feel if I take care of myself, I'm being selfish, but it is not so. Prioritizing yourself does not make you a bad person. You can give without losing yourself and you can give in better ways when you take care of yourself. The saying that you cannot pour from an empty vessel it does sound like a cliche, but it is really true. How do we fill our vessel so that we can flow from that? Caregiving is an important role. And, you know, it is not just physically demanding or emotionally challenging. It is also emotionally challenging. Uh, without boundaries, it can lead to burnout. Uh, when you make yourself a part of the equation that I'm also equally important here, my needs are there. Now, when you prioritize your self-care as much as you prioritize the caregiving, you open yourself up to the gifts of emotional and spiritual satisfaction that caregiving can offer. But because it is, it's very ingrained, important 
human relationship. But self-care lies at the center of it to be able to look and see it like that and to experience it like that. Thank, Thank you, Vinita. That was um, I really like the line. Self care is not selfish. I think uh, that is something that is very important, and I think always self care sometimes gets a very bad reputation. So, thank you for that insight. And with that, we finish today's episode. Um, if you have any questions for Vinita or anything about caregiving, you can send us a message on social media. Our handle is Counselor Anna. On Instagram, on Facebook, you can find us um, if you just type Anna Chandian Associates or you can send us an email um, to office at annachandy.com. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you with another episode in the coming weeks. This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey to a brave new you.